So this morning, um, we're going to be starting a new major section. So we closed up last week with the section on the doctrine of the Word of God, right? So that, that covered uh, various different various topics from the inerrancy of Scripture, from the authority, clarity, necessity, and sufficiency of Scripture. Um, we spent We put that up front because... Everything that we do in this study from here on is, is, is going to rest on Scripture. So today as we explore, as we kind of step into this new major section, the major section that we're going to be stepping into today is the doctrine of God. In that, there are going to be multiple different things. Um, the next couple of weeks we're going to be talking about the existence of God, the knowability of God. What do I mean by knowability? Like... Can we know Him? What should we expect in regards to our knowing God? Like, can we know Him personally? If, if we say yes to that, how do we come to know Him personally? Um, today we're going to be talking specifically about God's existence. Like, how do you know that God exists? Right? Uh, how do you know that God exists before you experience Him personally, and how does that change and shift as you begin to know Him more and more personally? Like, what is it that you're claiming as a believer? Like, you claim not only to know that God exists, but to know God, right? Like, that's a that's a major, major claim. Um, so then from that, we're going to go into, probably, we'll probably compress the character of God portion, because we've spent, Dustin spent a considerable amount of time in the pulpit uh, preaching through the character of God. So we'll probably just hit some highlights there, and then we'll continue in uh, this study of this major section. So today, I want us to look into this question of how do we know that God exists. We're going to look at Scripture in a couple of different places and see what Scripture tells us about this knowledge of God's existence. And then next week, we'll look at some more uh, Scripture on how we can know that we can know God personally. Like, what does Scripture say about the knowability of God? We'll explore that uh, next week. So today, we're going to be in several different places in Scripture. Specifically, we're going to be looking in the Psalms and in the book of Romans. We'll also be in... First uh, Peter and First Corinthians. So, if if you would turn with me, <clears throat> we're going to go over a couple of these fairly quickly. Um, so, I want to put that question out there: How do we know that God exists? Do we have any answers before we get there? Before we look at Scripture, how do you know that God exists? And 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 uh, of course, now you you should be making the claim that you know God personally, right? As a believer, you've experienced His Holy Spirit moving bringing you from faith to faith like it's the power of God at work in us for salvation right but prior to that how do you how 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 could you have known that God existed does God make himself known in any way to us through nature okay Okay, so God's Spirit speaking to you even prior to salvation, right? Like as you hear the preaching that we like we call this conviction, like as you hear truth about God, God's Spirit moves confirming truth about Himself that you've heard, right? So there's this inner witness of the Spirit with your spirit. We've got nature. God testifies of Himself and what He's created. I want us to look uh, at that specifically kind of... Um, here at the at the beginning, let's look at Psalm chapter nineteen. Let me let me flip there real quick. 
So Psalm 19, we're going to look at verse 1 and 2 and see what uh, the psalmist here uh, says about knowing God and what He's created. So Psalm 19, 1 and 2 uh, says, The heavens declare the glory of God, and the sky above proclaims His handiwork. Day to day pours out speech, and night to night reveals knowledge. So we, so we see Scripture here testifying to what Morgan had spoken to, is that what God has created... Thanks to his existence, right? So I want to pause, and we're going to kind of look at this in more detail with, with some scripture that kind of follows this up. But, but what I know is going to happen, as soon as we say that we can know God by what he's created, there would be a world of people who would say, I can look at the evidence of creation around me, and in no way does it testify to God. It seems to testify to the lack of a God for the need for you to be here today, right? So there are people who would look at this evidence, the same evidence that I would look at, and I would I would echo what the psalmist here says, that yes, indeed, the heavens do declare the glory of the Lord. There are those who would look at that very same evidence, and they would not see God in any of it. They would see chance, they would see time, right? Like, for you to be here, for me to be looking out at you, like understanding, even as, as little as I understand about how you work and how your mind works, and don't let anybody claim that they know how you work perfectly, right? Because our minds are something that, that even as we study them today, there are things about them that we can't fathom how that particular thing works, right? So it's like, I'm looking out at all of you and all of the wonder of what God has created, and I see it before me, and I think... Look at the handiwork of God. Like, look at what God has done. That we can stand here or sit here together and I can speak and you can hear me and you can understand. We can, not being the same being, communicate about something outside of ourselves and you can get what I'm talking about. How crazy is it that we can communicate with one another? Right? Like, we don't tend to sit and think about that, but if you think about that, think marvel in what God has done. Right? He has created beings in His own image. Right? How marvelous a thing that that is. And when I see that, that testifies to me to the existence of a Creator. Right? When I look at that evidence, I see the marvelous handiwork of God. But there would be others who would look at that same evidence and they would say, they would see molecules in motion given time, given mutations, and you could get to the same result, right? So why is that? Why is it that, that Scripture would say the heavens declare the glory of the Lord and, and there would be a cosmologist somewhere looking out at the sky that could see Him nowhere in it? Well, Scripture testifies to that too, right? Our sinfulness, our sinfulness would indeed trade truth about God for lies, right? So like, sin makes us irrational. And we're going to see where Scripture points to this. But what Scripture tells us is that God has made Himself clear to us in what He's created. 
right? He do, here's, here's the thing. He doesn't leave it to the chance that you would stumble across it. He has made Himself clear to you, even to the non-believer, even to the one who would suppress that knowledge. God made Himself known. It's not a game. He has made Himself known to you. Romans chapter 1 is where we're going to go to look at this in more detail. So flip with me to the book of Romans chapter 1. We're going to look at, we're going to, we're going to be looking at 19, right now, 19 through 23. Um, so, verse 19 of Romans chapter 1, For what can be known about God is plain to them because God has shown it to them. Who has shown this truth to them? God, right? So, is it plain to them? To the unbeliever, is it plain to them? Well, Scripture would seem to indicate yes. For what can be known about God is plain to them. Because God has shown it to them. Verse 20, For His invisible attributes, namely His eternal power and divine nature, have been clearly perceived ever since the creation of the world in the things that have been made, so that they are without excuse. For although they knew God, they did not honor Him as God or give thanks to Him, but they became futile in their thinking, and their foolish hearts were darkened. Claiming to be wise, they became fools and exchanged the glory of the immortal God for images resembling mortal man and birds and animals and creeping things. When it comes to the existence of God. And how do we know that God exists? Here's the, here's the clear reality. You know God exists because God showed to you through all that He has made that He exists. And you cannot, there will not be one who on that day stands before Him and can have an excuse that they did not know He existed. That they did not know anything about Him. Because He's made it known. He's made it clear. Let's read that again. For what can be known about God is plain to them because God has shown it to them. For His invisible attributes. So here are things that we can see about God in the thing that He's created. Namely, His eternal power. So when you look outside of yourself at all that is around you, and you consider what has been done, you cannot miss that what it is that did this was a massively powerful thing. Right? You can see the power of God. Right? And here's the thing, like as you look at, at how human knowledge has grown over the years, how we've discovered more and more about what God has done, it is in no way made smaller the things of God. Right? When we look out at a universe that we cannot see the end of it, that by our best understanding there probably is no end of it, sit on that for a second. Sit on that for a second. That if you set off in a direction at the speed of light, you could travel for an eternity and never reach the end of something? 
How crazy is that thought? How powerful must that being be? I can't fathom traveling in light years. I mean, they call it a light year. <laughs> it was the time that light would take you. Yeah, you think about and and here's the thing: the more that you would come to understand the vastness of, the more that you should understand the power of the one who created it. Right? Right? Like, marvel over what he has done. You can't miss it. Right? You cannot miss what he's done. Right? The fact that you think that you can know yes. truth. And why? Like the, the constant question of why. Yes. So so I want you I want you to get this. Is that if you were if if there was not a a mind prior to the creation of all that we know, right? If we can't fix our understanding of truth in anything outside of, of chemical reactions and physics in time then there is no reason that you should trust your mind. Right? There's no logical reason for you to trust your mind if all your mind is meant for is to keep you alive. Right? Because you can believe false things that make you scared of that animal that's outside that's going to eat you. Right? So if it's just if it's just a matter of survival... Survival does not have to tend you towards truth. It just has to tend you towards the next breath. Right? So you can't trust your thoughts for being rational. You can't base it or ground it in anything if all you are is chemical reactions. Because every thought that you have is the result of a previous thing that happened. And your next thought will be the result of that chain reaction continuing forward. You are in no control over it. Right? The only way that we can get to a point of rationality is if we presuppose a mind. Right? That mind being the mind of God. And if we presuppose that that mind is rational, like that, that mind is truthful, Right? So all of these things, all of these things, everything that God has created, He's created to point to Him. There will be no excuse on that last day. Right? No excuse. His eternal power can be seen. His divine nature can be seen. So when we look at what God has done, we know that it must be something other. Right? When it talks about being able to see His divine nature in this, we know by looking at all that God has done that it must be something otherworldly that has done it. Right? It must be something that is divine. That is why as we look out at this, it should cause us awe and wonder and we should marvel at what He has done because all of this is a created thing. Right? It is not the creator of things. We can see things in what He's done that should cause us to think and consider about Him. But He is greater than all that He has created. Right? All that He has created. He is infinitely more marvelous than the thing that He's created. 
right? So as we look at His creation, it speaks to His divine nature. And these things have been clearly perceived ever since the creation of the world. There's never been a moment where it was not clear in what He had created. Right? Never been a moment. So they are without excuse. For all, and here's 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 where this here's where the rubber meets the road. This is why this is why that we can look at what we see around us and not believe, right? This is the power of sin on the mind. For although they knew God, they didn't honor Him as God or give thanks to Him, but they became futile in their thinking, and their foolish hearts were darkened. You cannot think as clearly as you could if sin were not. Involved, right? There will be a day when sin has been removed from us, when we can think more rationally than we have ever thought previously, right? So when we are in sin, we do not think rationally, right? This is why when you you know this, like when you get caught up in a lie and your and fear starts coming at you, you start lying again. You're not thinking rationally. You're thinking like sin is steering your mind. Right? So much more darkened were you prior to Christ's work in you. Right? Prior to the Holy Spirit calling you, drawing you to Him, your mind was even more darkened. Right? So we've, and this is why it is that we, that we say like, like, you, you'll hear people say like, well just follow your heart. Don't follow your heart. The Scriptures say your heart's deceitful. Right? Like you should be following God's Word. Let God's Word Remove the darkness from your mind and from your heart. Right? It's God's Word that steers us. This is why we spend so much time on that up front. So that when we think about how we can know God, what we can know about God, where should we be looking? To what our heart says? To the experiences of our lives? To Scripture is where we should be looking. Right? To Scripture. So let's continue on uh, with this with this thought. So God has made Himself known to us, um, and, and yet it is it is sin that leads us further and further um, into confusion. Um, verse eighteen of Romans. So let's step back um, one verse from where we started. So chapter one, verse eighteen. For the wrath of God is revealed from heaven against all ungodliness and unrighteousness of men who by their unrighteousness suppress. The truth, right? So this is an active work of suppression that happens in the heart of the lost and in the heart of the sinner, right? Is that we seek to suppress the truth about God. This is what Scripture tells us about the nature of who we are prior to His working in our lives. Is that you knew it clearly and with all that your being was, you wanted to deny it. Why? Because if you see the powerful God that created all of this, and you know His divine nature, then you know what? You know what you're not. Right? You know you're not holy. Right? You know the things that you do. You know the tendencies that you have. So what would you rather happen? You'd rather when you close your eyes on that last day, you not wake up to that being that created you. Right? Because what that means is that if He created everything, then I answer to Him. Right? 
He's the potter, I'm the clay. I can't demand of Him, but I answer to Him. Right? When He calls me to give account, I give account. I cannot do any other, anything other. I cannot be like, I'm going to be somewhere else on that day. Right? Because He's the one that gives me breath in this moment. If He decides to take that breath away, what, what say can I have towards that? Right? Like, I'm going to, I'm going to resist Him. On that, in, that, in that final moment, when each and every one of you give your last breath up, how many of you can hold on to it? One more. Consider that. Consider that. And that is why that thought is a scary, scary thought. That is why we suppress truth about Him. Because I would rather not think about that moment. Right? I'd rather not think about that moment. So I will make up all kind of foolishness so that I don't have to think about that moment. Right? And that's like the beauty of the gospel is is that is that though we should rightly fear our creator because we find ourselves even now in sin is that he's made a way so that we could know him not just that He existed, but that we can know Him personally. Like, that's a crazy thing to consider, right? And that's why even like, like when, when we think about this, let's, let's, let's wrap up. There's lots of other places that I will, uh, and like, so, um, look at, so let, let's, let's do this real quick. Let's, let's jump over to Psalm chapter, uh, let's look at the 14th Psalm. Um, The opening of it. And it says the same thing in um, the 53rd Psalm, 1 through 3. So, oh, the fool says in his heart, there is no God. They are corrupt. They do abominable deeds. There is none who does good. The Lord looks down from heaven on the children of men to see if there are any who understand, who seek after God. They have all turned aside. Together they have become corrupt. There is no one who does good, not even one. That should sound like the Romans chapter 3, right? Because that's where Paul's pulling that from. Um, there, so this is a truth that's been made clear: is that is that it is the fool who says there is no God, right? Because God has made Himself known to us. It's the Holy Spirit who provides um, inner witness to to the believer. Let's jump over to Romans chapter eight real quick. Um, we'll see confirmation of that there. Uh, so Romans chapter uh, chapter eight. We're going to be looking at verse 15 here. For you did not receive a spirit. This is speaking to the believer here. For you did not receive a spirit of slavery to fall back into fear, but you've received a spirit of adoption as sons by, by whom we cry, Abba, Father. So if you want to know as a believer, how do you know? How do you know without question that God exists? It's because His Spirit testifies with your spirit to the existence of God. Not only that, to the personal nature into which the relationship is that you've been brought. You cry out to Him, Abba, Father. Right? Um, the same truth can be seen over in 1 Peter chapter 1, verses 8 and 9. Um, let's close in 1 Corinthians real quick. Um, and we'll. This will be our. This will be our last. Um, our last of this. So. Um, so go over to First Corinthians. We're going to be looking at uh, chapter one, 
We're going to look at 18 uh, through 25. So, so what I want what I want us to get is that God's made Himself plain in what He's created. Um, he, he, you know that He exists. The inner witness of the Spirit with your spirit here. But let's not kid ourselves that the story that we tell is foolish, right? That the Creator of all of this would want to know you personally. That's foolish, right? If it were not true, you would be fools for believing that. But good news for us, Christ got up out of the grave, right? Like we know this truth, but it's foolish. Like let's let's understand that that that, that there is no there is no like the the unbeliever that you know whose heart is darkened. This is the point that I want us to get from them. You you convincing them by human means will never happen because the story that you're telling to them is foolish one, right? That God created everything that we went so far astray and He chose to save us through the cross of Christ is foolish. Scripture tells us that it's foolish. Right? That's what we're looking at here. So, for the word of the cross is folly or foolish to those who are perishing. But to us who are being saved, it is the power of God. For it is written, I will destroy the wisdom of the wise and the discerning, and the discernment of the discerning I will thwart. Where is the one who is wise? Where is the scribe? Where is the debater of this age? Has not God made foolish the wisdom of this world? For since the wisdom... For since in the wisdom of God, the world did not know God through wisdom, it pleased God through the folly of what is preached to save those who believe. Right? So it is the preached Word, it is the Word of God that causes that blindness to be removed. Right? Like we could go into different different arguments that we could try to quote-unquote, prove to someone that, that it's rational to believe this, right? And there are many good ones, right? Like many good Christian believers throughout history have put together some solid, like what would be called like uh, arguments from natural theology. There's the cosmological argument. There's the teleological argument. There's the ontological argument. There's the moral argument. Like All of these we can go into and go into great detail on, but the reality is it is the foolishness of the preaching of the cross that changes the heart. Because it is through that preaching that the Holy Spirit moves. Right? So what we do in the form of like formal arguments would only to be remove, remove barriers in someone's mind. Knowing that it will always be foolishness at the end of the day. That, that God came in the flesh like you and I except without sin, lived perfectly holy, whether it was in the nailing of nails or the puttying of bricks or the having food with his friends, died on the cross, was buried for making the claim that he was God, and rose again. That's foolish. That's foolish. But it's true. And God has chosen that this foolish reality would be the means by which we knew Him. Right? It's crazy. Like, let's not kid ourselves that that's crazy. Right? I just understood something I've misunderstood for years. The foolishness of man preaching souls to be saved. 
in my mind, and I should have studied it more, the foolishness was he may not be really speaking the gospel, but God can still use the Holy Spirit to save someone. Right? Yeah. Through the scripture. But you're talking about the foolishness because it sounds so foolish. Because it's folly. Like to those who are perishing, this is straight silliness. Right? Embrace that. Embrace that. Here's the thing, like there is there, because because people think that, that there are so many and I'm air quoting this intellectual people out there, right? Like that that can that can put up good arguments for this, that or the other, and they've got some hyper specialized PhD in some random thing and they're gonna wave around their hands like that gives them knowledge in every other aspect of life which is not true. The church has come to like not embrace the foolishness of what we preach. Right? Like there's a fear of that. Here's the here's the reality. I'm gonna preach this foolishness because it will be the Holy Spirit that changes your heart. Right? And that's what Paul's saying. Right? That's what they were preaching. Embrace that foolishness. Right? When we reject that foolishness and try to do it with with Ideas that we make up, things that we come up with, then we say, we, we like, I'm going to let the Holy Spirit just stay over here in this realm, and I'm going to go over here, and I'm going to do things my way, and I'm going to convince you, I'm going to be rational. And the Holy Spirit is the one that removes the blinders from the heart. Right? It is the Holy Spirit that changes our lives. You know God because God made Himself known to you in what He created and made Himself known personally to you because someone preached His Word and the Holy Spirit moved. Right? It's the foolishness of the cross. That's what He's telling us here. He's preaching the foolishness of the cross. Right? Because it is through that that the Holy Spirit moves. God is tearing down the wisdom of this world with the preaching of the foolishness of the cross of Christ. So we're going to get into that a little more next week as we uh, kind of dive into the knowability of God. Like, can we know Him personally? And to what extent can we know Him personally? Um, we'll dig into that uh, more next week. Let's, uh, let's close up.